Section 17 of An Explorer in the Air Service. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Asterix. An Explorer in the Air Service by Hiram Bingham. Section 17. The Engineering Department. To the average person, a flying school is a place where flying is taught. But to the enlisted man on duty at a flying school, it is a place where wrecked planes are continually being repaired. Young pilots are always making errors in judgment that result sometimes in damage to themselves, but more often in damage to the airplane. Crashes that occurred on the airdromes of outlying fields were taken care of by the engineering department of the field concerned. Those that occurred on cross-country flights or in the area between the fields, and which had to be rendered first aid by our field service department, were brought into the main field and turned over to the aero repair department, under the direction of Captain Duncan Dana if the crashed plane proved to be a total wreck it was carefully salvaged all the precious bolts and screws that were so hard to obtain in france during war times were rescued and everything that could be used again was turned into the supply stores from which planes were rebuilt in the airplane repair shops work was repeatedly held up through lack of raw material dope and cloth for the wings well-seasoned spruce, ash, and laminated wood, glue, sheet aluminum, steel cables for wing bracing, paint and varnish, were often unobtainable for weeks at a time. In particular, the only glue we could secure for long periods was of very poor grade and not waterproof. Furthermore, the shortage of airplane spare parts was so serious at all times and the difficulties of procuring them from the french manufacturers were so tremendous that it was only by making these parts from such raw material as could be obtained and constantly using old parts of crashed airplanes that sufficient material was secured to keep the planes repaired there was an excellent woodworking shop in which spare parts for machines of all types could be turned out spars struts and longerons were made for all types of planes. Wings were entirely rebuilt. Landing gears, or undercarriages as the English called them, were constructed out of partly new and partly salvaged materials. Altogether, our central repair shop was able to rebuild and turn out, as good as new, more than 20 airplanes every week. Our engineer officers estimated that this shop saved the government more than one hundred thousand dollars a week through its skill in manufacturing planes and spares out of salvaged materials and from a limited supply of spruce sent from the united states one of the departments which always interested our visitors was the propeller repair shop there is nothing on an airplane which must be more exactly balanced and more carefully made than a propeller props represent a high degree of very skilled labor at the same time they are extremely vulnerable and subject to constant breakage a bad landing frequently causes a plane to stand on its nose or capsize 
in either case the propeller is almost sure to be broken a forced landing on soft ground no matter how skilfully the pilot may bring his plane to earth is likely to mean a somersault because the wheels cannot run fast enough over the soft ground to accommodate the forward motion of the plane this means another propeller gone in starting off from a muddy field and all fields in france are muddy during a good part of the year a certain amount of mud is thrown up from the undercarriage if this strikes the rapidly revolving propeller it is almost sure to nick it in such a way as to make the plane vibrate there must be a new prop even the celebrated rickenbacker mudguards which were invented by the first engineer officer of the school who later became our ace of aces failed to prevent all danger from this source although enormously reducing propeller fatalities broken propellers had always heretofore been regarded as of no further service since a propeller costs from two hundred dollars up it can be readily seen that here was a source of great expense at issoudun however it had meant more than expense propellers simply could not be bought in sufficient quantities to provide for the enormous loss due to those muddy rock-strewn fields accordingly during colonel kilner's regime every broken propeller had been carefully saved and the wood used to patch those which were not damaged too seriously provided two-thirds of a blade was left practically intact our skilled workmen had learned how to replace the other third and to do it in such a way as to make that part of the propeller stronger than it had been before in fact it was the proud boast of the sergeant in charge of this shop that some props had come back eight or ten times to be repaired but that the damage had never occurred in the place which he had mended but always at a new point about twenty-five propellers were turned out of this shop every day as good as new the saving here to the government was rarely less than twenty-five thousand dollars a week the men took great pride in the circumstance that for many months this was the only flying school that was able to save large amounts of money in this way oil that had been fouled by usage in the motors and which in the old days would have been thrown away was collected and used in our little foundry as fuel with which to melt aluminum this enabled us to cast new pistons at a time when they were unobtainable in the market not only pistons but many other things were made in this little foundry including piston pins piston rings bushings etc the motor repair department under the very efficient management of captain charles w babcock maintained a wonderful record there was practically never a time when flying had to be postponed for want of a reliable motor most of our motors were le rhone eighties and one twenties their normal life was forty or fifty hours of flight after a motor had had fifty hours in the air it was taken out of the plane and sent to the machine shop for a thorough overhauling it was completely stripped every part carefully gone over and cleaned new parts substituted if necessary and an effort made to rebuild the motor as good as new after reassembling it was sent out to the test department and thoroughly tested 
careful records were kept each day of the progress of motors through the shop and the men took particular pleasure in striving to better these records shortly before the armistice was signed one hundred and nineteen motors were turned out of the shop completely overhauled in one week this week's work included eight liberty motors and one hispano suiza in addition to one hundred and ten lerons work in the motor repair and machine shop had been delayed at the start by the presence of unintelligent and insufficiently instructed personnel and by the absence of an adequate supply of spare parts the manufacture of spare parts was hindered by the fact that wire steel and sheet metals could only be obtained in very small quantities and with extreme difficulty at the time of my arrival the machine shop was doing well and there was less complaint of the character of enlisted personnel the system of organizing squadrons in the united states was at first especially poor men with absolutely no qualifications as mechanics were listed on the squadron organization as tinsmiths coppersmiths and expert motor mechanics although in civil life they had been salesmen clerks and farmhands one mechanic's qualification was having driven a ford occasionally men were rated as expert machinists whose only experience with machinery consisted in feeding stock into one end of an automatic machine and pulling the finished product out at the other end such poor and superficial methods of trade testing had been used that it had been necessary at issoudun to reclassify squadrons in their entirety and to organize courses of instruction and training for men who had been rated as experts in their lines but who had no real conception of the fundamental principles of the trade they professed the men were anxious to learn however and by the middle of nineteen eighteen were very proficient as time went on the enlisted personnel arriving from the united states improved as a result of the better training received in america or england the sheet metal department was kept busy preparing gas tanks and cowls we had a great deal of trouble with the tanks in the french plains the straining incidental to acrobatic flying frequently caused them to leak turning an airplane upon its nose often damages not only the propellers but also the cowl or hood of the engine a large part of the flying in an advanced school of this sort must be done at a sufficient elevation to enable the pilot who accidentally stalls and gets into a spinning nose-dive to come out of it safely consequently altimeters were in great demand and were difficult to secure our instrument department was constantly repairing those we had and also standardizing the tachometers or revolution counters on which the young pilots depended in such large measure for their safety an old experienced pilot hardly needs a rev counter to tell him whether his motor is turning up as it should but an inexperienced pilot must never leave the ground without assuring himself by means of this delicate instrument that his power plant is going to be able to get him safely over the trees it was also continually necessary to repair magnetos and to rebuild spark plugs 
in one week in october our shop turned out one hundred and forty three magnetos and two thousand one hundred and forty spark plugs rough landings also caused great damage to the landing gear sometimes the pneumatic tires were the only things to suffer then again the wheels themselves would give way under the effects of a bad pancake our shops did not allow this to interfere with flying however and in one week we turned out as many as two hundred and ninety wheels and three hundred and fifty newly vulcanized tires in this way our mechanics enabled us to overcome the difficulty of purchasing supplies and the delays incident to transportation over submarine infested waters one of the greatest difficulties faced by our repair and supply departments was the wide variety of our machines this had been rendered necessary by the scarcity of the most desirable types and our determination to use anything that would fly it was hard to keep all in commission at the close of the day september the ninth nineteen eighteen out of one thousand and two machines on hand there were only five hundred and nineteen in commission for the important combat work at field eight more than two-thirds of the planes were out of commission on field seven considerably over half were in the hospital yet the training on these two fields was of enormous importance and required the fastest and best machines the demand from the front that we turn out pilots during october was greater than at any other time during the history of the school it will be remembered that we broke the best previous flying record by over five thousand hours during this month yet so efficient was our engineering department under the able leadership of major victor paget that on october the twentieth field eight had less than one-third out of commission while field seven had ninety-nine machines in commission and only six out of commission out of a total of nine hundred and seventy-nine machines there were six hundred and twenty-eight in commission an improvement of more than one hundred of course after the armistice we were able to improve this record because it was not necessary to push the training at such speed on the last day of november out of eleven hundred and nine machines then on our books there were nine hundred and fifty one that needed no repairs field eight had fifty four machines in commission seventeen in repair field seven one hundred and thirty four machines in commission and only one undergoing repair field five had one hundred and thirteen in commission and not one out of commission i mention these fields particularly because they use the lightest and most delicate types of planes and it had always been very difficult to keep them sufficiently supplied with flying material this fine record was due largely to the extraordinarily good morale among the enlisted men on these three fields who responded eagerly to the splendid leadership of captain street captain davis and captain wingate great credit should be given to the officers and men of the engineering department for their unfailing devotion to duty for the ingenuity they developed in inventing new tools devising new processes and meeting emergencies as they arose 
Major Paget, who had long been a recognized authority on internal combustion motors, and who came to be acknowledged as the best aeronautical engineer in France, was able to instill great enthusiasm in his staff. His expert knowledge gave them confidence in his judgment, while his tireless energy and fearless honesty inspired them with a determination to double their efforts. End of section 17